your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your favorite podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman. This episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to billboard.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. A very good investment, might I add. Right now, a lot of people are on that healthy kick. Bill Bar will give you everything you need protein wise with the flavor. It does not lack flavor. So, once again, go to billboard.com, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. Friday, six days away from Thursday night football. Also, the Rockets played the Lakers tonight in game one, so go Rockets. Uh, but we are here to talk about the Houston Texans and what they have going on. Yesterday, we kind of hinted at roster cuts being made. We know that Houston has to get down to a 53-man roster this Saturday, which is one thing that I'm interested in is not only that who not only who they'll let go, but who will they just transition over to the practice squad? I think that's a very interesting um, aspect of what they'll do to keep players that they like around. They may just need to see more. And also they may need to see more of who they will keep on the 53-man roster just to kind of see if they want to leave them on the roster or not or release them and bring a guy up. You know, kind of like what the NBA does with the G League in a sense a little bit, but just to see who they'll keep around. Uh, on the 16-man practice squad, and then who they'll cut down and get rid of and get prepared for the 53-man roster. So that's uh, something that we're going to talk about today. However, one of the most important aspects of this entire offseason has been getting Laramie Tunsil deal taken care of and also getting Deshaun Watson's deal taken care of as well. And the Texans have, and Deshaun Watson, his side, both sides have been working while everything has been going through with training camp. Everything has been transpiring with training camp. Everything has been transpiring with practice, uh, scrimmages, the offseason, corona, everything. Both sides have still been talking with one another to get the deal done. And it was reported yesterday that uh, Watson will have a deal similar to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson's. And what do we know, Cody? What do we know, listeners? We know Deshaun Watson does not want to have a super long deal in terms of years, but he does want that big bag, of course. So something around three to four years, we saw Laramie Tunsil get a three-year deal. I'm sure Deshaun will get a four-year deal, but he's going to be looking towards 135 to 145 contract for that extension. Uh, Still working on everything, working out those kinks, but... That's what the Texans are aiming for right now. And I like that because that put the Texans in a situation where they legitimately have a window to compete and try to win a championship over the next four years. The only thing about this is if Deshaun Watson and the Texans, let's say if they have still have yet to reach that AFC championship game, um, especially the Super Bowl, because we know a couple of weeks ago, Deshaun Watson came out and said that his goal is to try to pull a big three. He won in high school, he won in college, and he's trying to win in the NFL. John, um, the only thing that concerns me about this is if the Texans are still in the situation where they are in today, four years later, Deshaun Watson could walk out the door for absolutely nothing. And, um, you know, that itself would set this franchise back. So, I mean, in an event, 
that they were happening. I don't want to, you know, make this, you know, uh, he's going to leave in the next three to four years type of situation. But if that were to happen, would you be upset or would you understand his decision? Because, I mean, at that time, you were still talking about a quarterback who is still in the midst of his prom. And I'm hoping because we we saw this with Russell Wilson. We saw this with Aaron Rodgers. Within that first contract extension that they signed, they were able to win a Super Bowl championship. And which brings me back to my other point, this is another reason why I like Deshaun Watson taking this route because it still gives the Texans flexibility to continue building their roster and signing guys that will help them win a championship within this next three to four years. No, I definitely understand. No, I definitely understand because if I've committed four more years on top of the four years that I've already given you, and if you guys haven't done what you needed to do as a front office collectively with with Jack Easterby, with Bill O'Brien, with everybody that is in their front office and the the turnover that's been taken over the last year and a half or so, if you haven't done what you needed to do to keep me here and to win this city a ring, then, of course, I'm leaving. I've given you eight years. I've given you everything that I've had in those eight years. And so be it, right? I mean, let's be honest. At the end of the day, we always love to say this is a business when the front office or when the team decides to move on from a player. But then we always flip that narrative and say, well, he should have. I've heard it. I heard, I've heard it all. He should have taken a pay cut. He should have stayed. What did he do in his time here? It was his fault. No, it's a business on both sides. And yes, every player that plays for the city of Houston, whether it's baseball, basketball, or football, they love the city of Houston. They normally, they normally stay. They may play where their franchise is located, but they may still have a house here. Houston itself won't be the problem, the city-wise, because he wants to be here. But listen, if, if they don't get it done within that contract extension, then yeah, it's, it's time to go. I had a great time, had a great run. We've we, we did we've done some great things together. But uh, I think you guys know that I'm here for greatness, and greatness is always stamped with a championship. Well, let me just say this real quick before moving on. As soon as they come to agreement to an extension and Deshaun Watson signs his name on a dotted line, whether that be three years, four years, or hell, let's – save in five years the time on the houston texans to get uh to get at least to the super bowl starts ticking immediately hey guys when we first started off the show today i told you guys about built bar how great built bar is but also left out some very important details that you need to know they have 18 amazing flavors including nut and non-nut flavors six new flavors which includes my favorite the caramel brownie along with the cookies and cream my grandmother loves that one they still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. 
Again, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. Yesterday, John and myself, we talked about Stevie Mitchell and Scotty Phillips, you know, the possibility of them cracking the 53-man roster. But we kind of came to a mutual agreement by saying that we could see both of those guys as two of the 16 players on the Texans practice squad, which brings us to our next topic, predicting the Houston Texans 53-man roster. And we're going to split this up in two segments. This segment, we're going to talk about offense In the next segment, we're going to talk about defense. So starting off on offense, almost every single player is nearly set. Offensively, it's very, very easy to know which guys that's going to make the 53-man roster. I know it. You know it. It's common sense when you talk about the Houston Texans. But the one position that I am a little bit concerned about, and I'm interested to know how Bill O'Brien is going to break this down, and that's that tight end position because – you're talking about four talented guys. I'm going to say four now just because of what I saw from Kaheli Warren throughout this training camp. But you have four talented guys. And me personally, John, it does not make sense for the Texans to go into the 2020 season with all four of those guys on the roster. I would say at least two, Darren Fells and Jordan Atkins. You know, Jordan Thomas and Kaheli Warren, I kind of feel like both of those guys can be on the practice squad. Maybe if you go three, you can extend it to Thomas, put him on um, special teams. But I'm just not too sure that when you you break this down, you look at this tight end position. It's a position just like running back, quarterback, wide receiver, where it's one of your well-rounded positions. You have veterans and you have talent. I, I don't want to see the Texans go into the season with four tight ends. The Texans may go into the season with four tight ends simply because you still need guys to play special teams. But wouldn't that be a waste? Right, like, to me, that would be a well, waste because you have other – you like especially, we're going to talk about the defense pretty soon, but when you take a look at the defensive side of the ball, there are still a couple of holes. I mean, yes, you have potential there, but – Say if these players do not live up to that potential. Well, I mean, we we can always go back and forth on the potential and if so-and-so will live up to it. But I will say this, if there will be a tight end to get uh, cut, released, I think it'll be Jordan Thomas. I think the expectations, well, the potential for Kaheli Warren is too high right now compared to what Jordan Thomas's has been. But we also know that Darren Fields just got a new contract and Jordan Aikens had a very good year last year. So he's going to be okay. I think they'll go into this season with those three tight ends, Fells, Aikens, along with Warren. Well, yeah, I mean, we could go back and forth, Warren or Thomas, but I just don't think it would be in the Texans' best interest to keep all four. Now, I mean, you could put one of them on a practice squad. You could cut them, release, whatever you want to do with it. But to me, knowing that there are still a couple of holes that you might have to fill on this team, I don't think it's in the Texans' best interest to ride with all four. With that being said, <laughs> look at everybody's favorite group, the receiving core. It's basically set just like the tight end group. But there's one guy that I'm holding on to. John, you will basically, you know, say that this guy is possibly on his last leg, literally, and that guy's Kiki QT. QT has missed, I want to say, the last week and a half of training camp. He came back this week. He had a pretty good outing doing the Texans team scrimmage on Wednesday, and 
when you take a look at this receiving core and you take a look at the second team and you take a look at the special teams, I think there is a small possibility that he can still be a part of this 53-man roster. Because outside of your four-man receivers, you're going to need somebody to step in when one of those guys possibly get hurt, when one of those guys may not be living up to the high expectation that you had through, had going into this season. You're going to need somebody as a backup, especially if you're dealing with Will Fuller. I think when you take a look at this receiving core from Kiki QT, DeAndre Carter, um, even Stephen Mitchell Jr., who has had a phenomenal training camp, I think Kiki is the most talented guy that you can trust. Yeah, I think Kiki is also in an interesting spot because Stephen Mitchell has been having a very good training camp. Uh, he's begun, he, He's been getting a lot of compliments, a lot of praise uh, from his head coach and from his OC, and not only at receiver, but also at return. So it, it kind of feels like, at least to me, the role for Kiki could be filled on both sides because let's take a look at it. I mean, Isaiah Coltler, the rookie, has been having a very good camp. Um Mitchell has been having a very good camp, and it looks like that he has been diminished. His role has been diminished for what he can offer because of the injury, dating back to last year, and also with just issues, problems fitting in on that offense. I mean, how many times last year did we see him run the wrong route? One of them caused an interception against Kansas City in the regular season. And I just think he could possibly just be the odd man out at that wide receiver group along with that returning group. I'm just not too sure about that. I mean, you mentioned Isaiah Coulter, but we all know how Bill O'Brien feel about playing rookies. And then you take a look at what's everything that has been going on this offseason. I don't really see Isaiah Coulter finding a primary rotation spot with on this team, at least this year. You know, I think Isaiah Coulter will be in a situation where he's going to be one of the 16 guys on that practice squad, you know, and there's no knock against his talent. I think the upside for him is very high, but at the same time, you look at, you take into, you take into consideration everything that has been going on this off season. He is coming into a team playing for a coach who is very big on playing veterans. Even if it wasn't a, for a coronavirus, he would still possibly be in a situation. I just think Kiki, like Bill O'Brien mentioned, if he can stay healthy, we will see the guy that came out and balled out his very first game. The only reason why we have not seen that level of QT, because he has been injured. When he wasn't injured, like you mentioned, running the wrong routes, causing a lot of boneheaded mistakes. So, you know, I don't want to, I know we're talking about the 53-man roster for this coming season. If he gets one more chance and he, we are still talking about him being hurt, still talking about him running wrong routes, making boneheaded decisions. This is going to be his last year in Houston. I'm I'm pulling for him, but this is possibly going to be his last year in Houston. Um, you know, with all that being said, when you look at the offensive side of the ball, there's not too many battles taking place. I mean, a lot of guys on the offensive side of the ball is basically, you know, you're you're trying to round out the the backups of the backups at this point. Um, you know, prime example, you take a look at the running back. We all know Duke Johnson, David Johnson has the running back situation, you know, solid. John, I know you are big on Buddy Howell. And, you know, we talked about the running back situation a little bit with Scotty Phillips on yesterday. So we're not going to go too much into that. But I do want to ask you this question and get your take on this. And I'm going to share mine real quick as well. If 
David or Duke Johnson do not live up to expectation and or get hurt or whatever the case might be. Do you have faith that Howell would be the type of player who could come in and help fill in the void? No, I do not. And I also think moving forward, Buddy Howell will be cut. I think Scotty Phillips will get that uh, roster spot. I've heard a lot more about Scotty Phillips coming out of training camp than we did Buddy Howell. And, and I think when we look at upside of the two, you're asking yourself who has the potential to do more when asked just in case Duke or David is having off nights, just in case Duke or David uh, just may need some rest, just in case we, we we feel like you're a better matchup against certain teams. And I think Scotty Phillips has a higher upside than Buddy Howell. And we just heard a lot more about Scotty going into training camp, coming out of training camp than Buddy. And I think Buddy Howell will actually be the one to get released or cut. I could be wrong, but I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I hear you on that one. But the only thing about your statement, and I just want to kind of take up for Buddy just a little bit, but he was never in the opportunity to prove himself. I mean, his rookie season 18, we have we have Lamar Miller, ended up being a, a pro bowler that year. You know, 2019, we go to, to the dynamic duo of a running back system with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. He never really had an opportunity to prove himself. You know, that's why I say if one of these guys go down, I think Howell would be the one that you can go to. Because, I mean, let's face it, John, that's the only way Scotty Phillips, Howell, will have an opportunity to get into the game outside of special teams. You know, that that's the only way. That's why I wanted to bring that scenario up. Because, I mean, if these two guys live up to expectation, stay healthy, and, and be a – tremendous one-two punch coming out of the backfield. I mean, it really don't matter who they put as their third running back on this team, but I just wanted to bring that situation up because it is a possibility, especially when you're talking about a guy in David Johnson. It's Friday. You want to have some fun, and here's a fun thought or idea before we look at the defense and who could possibly get cut. How high Clinton Dix was just released by the Dallas Cowboys. Safety. A lot of you guys just always want to upgrade at safety. What about Earl Thomas? What about this person? What about that person? Ha-ha, Clint Dix uh, had a very good career thus far. I'm not too sure why he was released by Dallas. I don't cover the Dallas Cowboys, so I'm not really sure what's coming out of training camp about him, but I'm sure he'd be an upgrade defensively if he was at it. So here's your challenge. See if you guys would like ha-ha, Clint Dix. Tweet us. See how you feel about that. Now, let's stay on the defensive path. Why don't we? Let's take a look at who we believe the Texans would release in order to cut down for the 53-man roster. And, of course, we're going to start up front with the big boys. I'm looking at J.J. Watt. I'm looking at Ross Blacklock. I'm looking at Charles Omenehu. I'm looking at Carlos Watkins. I'm looking at Angelo Blackson. I'm looking at Brandon Dunn. I'm looking at these guys. And you know what? Brandon Dunn just reworked his deal, his contract, right? He really helped the Texans out, save some money. So he's not going to go anywhere. J.J. Ross, Charles. They're not going to go anywhere. I'm looking at Angelo Blackson, and I'm looking at Carlos Watkins. You know what, Carlos? There's been times where you've been healthy scratches. I haven't seen you play. Played three or four games, you know, in between one another. I think it's time Houston moves on from Carlos Watkins. Thank you for your service, for whatever it was. I think moving forward, Carlos Watkins may be the one released in order to make a 53-man roster cut down. If it wasn't for one addition, I would disagree. But because we got P.J. Hall and Bill O'Brien has really raved about Hall 
over this past week. You know, he came into training camp. They asked him to cut down his weight. He did it, got into better shape, and he was one of the other guys that Bill O'Brien talked about following Wednesday scrimmage. I think P.J. Hall is going to be the guy who can go out there and actually replace Carlo Watkins because, like you say, there's been several times that he has been a healthy scratch, and he's on a final year of his rookie deal, so it's really not going to cost Houston Hawley anything. And then you have a guy who is basically a, a proven vet in this league. And we talk about this front seven and we always talk about getting J.J. Watt help, not putting too much load on him. I think when you add a guy like P.J. Hall, that's going to take less pressure on J.J. Watt with the front seven. And I don't see that happening with Carlos Watkins. In three years, you've played in 26 games. In 2018, you only played in four games. Last year, you played in 10 games, only started one. Only started seven games in the last three years. One pass deflection uh, and one sack, uh, two sacks overall. Just not really cutting it. He was drafted in 2017 along with Deshaun Watson, those two Clemson products. But if you look at his defensive snaps played, 32%, 4%, 24%, 2017 through 2019. Just not really cutting it. And again, thank you. But I don't think he will be moving forward as a Houston Texan. Now, when we look at linebacker and the secondary, I'm just going to combine those two together. I think Jacob Martin, of course, has solidified his role. Zach Cunningham, who just got his money. Bernard McKinney, who's a defensive stout player for the Houston Texans. Jonathan Grenard, who's a rookie, but he will be here. Dylan Cole and Brennan Scarlett are the two players that I'm looking at that I say, what are you guys are going to be leaving? If not leaving, then I can see them being you know, kept around for – the uh, special teams. Here's what I'm going to say. Both of those guys are staying here in Houston, whether it be defense or special teams, which is you know kind of the same at times. They will both still be in Houston. I have full confidence. It's tough, but I let me just say this. I'm not I'm not hoping that this will happen, but I won't be surprised. I can see a situation where Jonathan Gennard gets pushed down to the practice squad. And like I mentioned on yesterday, I can see that happening because he has missed the last two weeks of training camp and not, and he plays a position where it's very well established. Where is he going to get time to jump on the field? You have Whitney Merciless and Jacob Martin. I don't see a situation where Jonathan Grenard is going to get playing time over those two guys. I, I really don't see it. And, you know, like it's tough. I'm rooting for the guy. He, to me, is possibly the best prospect that the Texans picked up in the 2020 NFL draft, but I just don't see it this year because he has too many things working against him. Now, that doesn't mean next year he's going to be in that same situation, but I just think this year, given everything that has happened, especially with him missing the last two weeks of training camp due to a a hamstring injury, I kind of see the Texans, like I mentioned, John, I know you disagree with this, but I think this is in the Texans' and Grenard's best interest is to pull out the Kaheli Warren plan, put them on IR. You know, if there's a possibility later on down the line this season, you know, move him up to the um, 53-man roster. But as of right now, I, I, I think it might be smart if they just push him back down to the to the practice squad. Could be a good move. I also want to say that I think Nate Hall would definitely be released and Davin Bellamy, along with Austin Larkin. Those uh, three guys would be released when it comes to the 53-man roster uh, that they have to make this upcoming 
Saturday. And I think Tyrell Adams, Tyrell Adams won't make the cut as well. I think he'll be cut and released coming up this Saturday. When I also look at the secondary, I think Cornell Armstrong and Keon Crossan, his name, I'm very iffy on him. He's been having a very good camp. And again, a lot of these guys can be kept around for special teams, along with players like Jonathan Owens, safety. But I'm looking at Cornell Armstrong. I think he will be uh, released. A.J. Moore will definitely still be around. I'm going to go with Jonathan Owens. He will be released. I think so. And Keon Crossan will stick around. Keon Crossan will be here. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans. And ladies and gentlemen, when we get back on the mic on Monday, it's going to be time. The 2020 season is officially upon us starting Thursday, this time next next Friday. I hope you guys are listening to a very exciting, a very happy review of the Texans opening game against the Kansas City Chiefs but with all that being said as you guys know this is Locked On Texans your favorite podcast covering your favorite football team every single day as always I'm your host Cody Davis please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. I'm John Sumsworth Sky Hickman don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook we've been seeing you guys we really appreciate it all the love that you've been giving us until Monday you guys have a safe Fun weekend. Enjoy your Labor Day. We all work pretty hard. We deserve a day off. I know I do, even though I still got to work on Monday. But enjoy yourself. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. And then next Friday, hopefully, like Cody said, we will be enjoying a Texans win. Until next week, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.